You're listening to a DM podcast. The world really has a lot to learn about biodiversity, not just with insects, but also with animals. In fact, beekeepers could be the key to, to the end of pest control businesses. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Hope everyone is getting along well. Today, we are going to explore the importance of insect biodiversity for pollination and why bees are such a very important insect that we must respect. I can already tell this is going to be another interesting episode. Joining me today is a senior beekeeper who was recommended by my dear friend, Miriana. So, let's all give a warm welcome to our beekeeper guest, Carmel Gertson. Hello, Carmel. Hey, Michael. Thank you for having me here today. This is really exciting. <laughs> my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this episode because I know that it's going to be interesting. But my first question is always for, goes for all of my guests. How are you, your family, and your bees doing? Starting with the bees, I live in Victoria, so they're just coming out of winter. We've had quite a mild winter, so they're starting to wake up. So very soon I can start checking them and I'll be able to see how they all did over winter. But I'm pretty sure they're still flying, so they're coming and going. And I think they will have had a good winter and are coming into spring strong. So that's great. Me and my family, we're great. And um, my eldest son just got married last week. So I had a little trip to Sydney and, um, and that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Ah, congratulations. Well done. Can you tell us about how your how you began your journey to becoming a beekeeper? Yeah, sure. It was early spring 2012 and I was um, living in a rental property at the time that had a bungalow attached to it. We were in the garden and I'd done some pruning to um, a tree was like overgrowing. So I'd pruned off some branches and it wasn't hard rubbish collection yet. So there was a space around the back of the bungalow where we never went and I, I went to put the branches there temporarily until they could be collected and when I went to do that, um, I noticed these bees coming and going and I've looked up and discovered there was actually a hole in the wall of the bungalow and the bees had set up a nest in the wall of the bungalow. So... Um, I was aware of the colony collapse disorder that was taking place overseas in America and, um, you know, already knew that how important bees were for our environment. So I started doing some research to see what it would take to keep them and get them taken out of the uh, wall and, um, and put into a hive. That's really wonderful. It sounds like a very inspiring moment for you it was and, and you know I feel like the bees chose me before that I'd never even thought about keeping bees but you know I had chooks and I had uh, a dog and I had cats and I had a fish so I thought why not bees as well you know and I grew up in the country so uh, and I've always gotten on really well with all kinds of animals so I thought why not I'll give it a try that sounds like a dream <laughs> a dream I'd love to experience myself yeah, well, you know, I, I have a question for you at the end of the show, so let's keep going and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see yes, if we course. can help that dream. <laughs> what are the duties of beekeeping and do beekeepers need to undergo training courses? 
Let me start with the duties and then I'll go on to the education side of it. Bees can kind of self-manage themselves, but once you put them in a box and we do have pests and diseases that the bees have to contend with. And so also um, we have to help them to manage the space because if they get too crowded, they'll swarm um, part of their reproduction um, cycle in springtime is also that they swarm so our responsibility as a beekeeper is to help manage that swarming otherwise you know they can swarm into people's chimneys and sheds and stuff and then they become somebody else's problem so we have to manage the space manage the health of the hive um, also when you have hives in especially in a suburban area as the queen gets older um, and genetics can change if they swarm and you get new you know a new queen coming through and they breed with other drones and hives around the area bees generally are defensive they're not aggressive but sometimes they can become very defensive and so we have a duty of care um, when we're living in the suburbs to make sure that we keep a docile breed of bees so sometimes we have to change the queen and obviously we also you know we're harvesting the honey or we're cleaning equipment um, and that sort of thing and here in Australia you need to be registered because the bees are an introduced species so they come under the Livestock Act and so um, here in Victoria we register with Agriculture Victoria um, there are other Department of Primary Industries around Australia. And so, you know, there are rules that we have to follow. So moving into the education side of it, it's important. There's a whole lot of information through our Department of Primary Industries that they share and give, and, and it's good to become friends with them. But I think joining a bee club is really important and we've had guest speakers come out to our bee club, um, which I'm now the president of our local bee club. And so every month, you know, we, we do some sort of education and we can get, you know, guest speakers out to share with us the rules and what we should be doing and, and how we should be looking after our hives. Um, there are courses that you can do. A lot of bee clubs run one-day courses and there's lots of videos and books and things like that. So, And the bees teach you a lot. If you're observant and you watch the bees, um, you can learn a lot from their behaviour from doing that. So, yeah, I think education is important. If you want to become like a commercial beekeeper, um, there is a certificate three in beekeeping in Australia now that they offer in New South Wales and Victoria. So you can become really serious and also learn about pests and diseases. There's courses you can do around that as well. That's really a lot of education that people have to go through to become a beekeeper. Well, a lot of it is not compulsory, but um, if you want to become a responsible and committed beekeeper, then you need to be committed to not just looking after your bees, but looking after your own education around that. I can only imagine how serious you, you, have, you have to take all this. Yeah. I, I was also going to ask you, how many species of bees exist in the world? Right. Um I can't tell you around the world, but I do know that here in Australia, we actually have about 2,000 native bees. Um, and within the species, there's subspecies. So 
you know, for example, the leafcutter bee, there are native leafcutters here in Australia and there are native leafcutters in America as well. So there's kind of some crossovers between the species. You know, some of the main ones that we use here in Australia are the Carnolian, the Caucasian and the Italian and I know of a subspecies of Italian bee called the Ligurian bee, which originally came from Liguria in Italy, and they got taken over to Kangaroo Island in South Australia, and now they only have that it's now the most pure genetic strain of Ligurian bees in the world on Kangaroo Island because they don't let any other bees in and out of Kangaroo Island. Wow. Yeah, so again, that's a whole big rabbit hole and a fascinating journey that you can go down to discover all that. Yeah, of course. Beekeeping, they've found evidence of beekeeping, you know, from 4,000 years ago. So beekeeping has, you know, that relationship of bees and humans and honey. Um, it's been going on a very long time. I can only imagine. How does beekeeping brighten your day? For me... I, I didn't realise when I started my journey how humbling the experience would be and it's almost like you develop a love relationship with the bees. I mean, that, that's what happened with me. The more I work with the bees, the more I understand how amazing and intelligent and clever and they teach me stuff all the time. So for me, it's triggered this this thirst and hunger and passion to always find out more. So I don't think there's anything specific. I think just working with the bees themselves, um, there's something about their energy that it just, I'm fascinated. Yeah. I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. I can certainly tell because, because from what I can see behind you, your wall is covered with things that are bee themed. Yep, Definitely. It's nice to have bee stuff around me. It seems like you, you live for, for bees. I do live for bees. Um, it's become my job. I guess what I would call myself is a, a sideliner or a professional beekeeper yeah. in that I'm not a commercial beekeeper because I only have 20 hives. Um, yeah. You know, some commercial beekeepers, they have 500, 1,000, 3,000, oh. like yeah, we, ha you know, there's a lot of hives needed for to feed everyone in this country and, and around the world. A lot of bees are needed to do that job of pollination. Yeah. And I, I guess that's why, you know, biodiversity and looking after our native bees and other pollinators is important so that, you know, we don't have to rely on the bees. They work so hard. They get put on trucks. They get moved around to just pollinate our food to help feed us all. So, as I mentioned before, I'm now president of our local bee club here. So, congratulations. Um, we I do a lot of education through that as well. That's really wonderful. Con congratulations on all your achievements and efforts. Oh, thank you. Which reminds <laughs> me to one of my next questions. Can you remind us why bees are so important and why we can only survive? only a few years without them? Yeah, so the bees, and not just bees, but all pollinators. And, I mean, did you know that um, male mosquitoes also help with pollination? I did not know that. So just as a bit of quick trivia here, obviously it's the female mosquitoes that 
um, they produce eggs, so they need protein, so that's why they suck our blood. Yeah. But the male bees, they feed on nectar. So as they're stumbling around a flower um, feeding on nectar, they also inadvertently help with pollination. So even mosquitoes have a use um, on this planet. Mm. Um, but, yes, you know, any animal that helps with pollination is important because um, – one third of the food that we eat is a, is a hundred percent reliable on bees um, for pollination, and about seventy five percent of the food we eat needs some sort of pollination from a pollinator and not just from the wind. Um, just a little example is. You know, we love our strawberries and we like them to be round and fat. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen a strawberry that's kind of half caved in on one side. And that would be because either it was wind pollinated and the wind was only coming from one side or the flower needs to be visited about 12 times all around the centre of the flower to get that even strawberry shape. Mm. So it's, you know, quite a complex process that needs to take place just to get a strawberry. Yeah, of course. So bees are literally helping to create food and create life and create that pollination process. Yes, of course. In mm. fact, I actually really love honey. Do you? Yes. I I sometimes like to eat the, the honeycomb. Oh, honeycomb's fantastic. But it has a very strange texture texture to it. Yeah, it does because you're chewing the wax and, and the wax kind of collapses and it's kind of crunchy in your mouth until it softens up, isn't it? Is the wax edible? The wax is fine. You can eat it and because the bees build their own wax themselves. So um, they produce the wax out of their own body. The wax is actually a form of an oil. So fats I and see. oils and waxes are all part of the same family. Yeah. And by coincidence, whenever I have tea, I don't add sugar, I only add honey. Me too. Yeah, I love my honey and tea. And there's so many different colours and flavours of honey. So, you know, some people love to taste different wines. I actually love to taste different honeys and I've I've probably got a collection of about 60 different honeys here at home now with all different flavours and colours and textures and, Interesting. yeah. Mm. And, of course, we know some of the honeys have um, healing or medicinal properties as well. That's really wonderful. I also need to ask you, um, what are some of the misconceptions about bees? Are they as dangerous as we make them out to be? Yes and no. So generally on the whole, bees are pretty peaceful and the bees just want to get on with their job. So mm -hmm. if you leave them alone, um, they will leave us alone. Of course. And bees, um, the bee sense of smell is 100 times more sensitive than ours is. And when we go into fear, we actually, our chemicals change, our hormones change. It's called a fear pheromone. And the bees will pick up on that. And so if we're in fear, the bees go, well, they're not trusting us, so why should we trust them? And so that triggers their defensive response because we're in defence. So if we can move slowly around the bees and if we can be in a peaceful, loving state, they will respond to us the same way. Of course. It's a trust and trust thing. Having said that, there is 
a type of bee in Africa called the Africanized bee, and they are highly defensive to the point of being aggressive. Um, so there are some varieties that you do need to be careful of. Luckily, we don't have those here in Australia. Yeah. You know, bees can be dangerous in that bees, when they sting you, they do have a venom. And for some people, that venom is like a medicine. So I know from myself, from personal experience, I have a little bit of arthritis in my fingers and when I get um, occasional stings on my fingers it actually helps to reduce the inflammation in my fingers so the venom for me is a type of medicine mm. um, but for some people on the other side of the spectrum is you know people can be anaphylactic towards bees and so there's a whole range in between for me yeah. it, it's helpful and I don't swell up but for other people, it can be quite dangerous. Yeah, I can understand. I would never, ever dare attempt to swat at a bee. No, I think it's it, it can be instinctive to kind of swat at any insect around you, but, yeah, to just move slowly around them. Um, when I was, I think I was about eight years old and I was with my mum and my siblings and we were sitting in a park in Adelaide and um, it was actually three bees. Three bees came and landed on my leg and my mum very sensibly said, told me to freeze and keep very still and because she said if you keep still and you just sit there calmly the bees won't hurt you mm -hmm. and so i was too scared to not do what she said so i sat there kind of in shock watching and the bees they actually started to lick the salt because it was quite a hot warm day so i was a little bit sweaty and they were licking the salt off my skin and then once they'd had enough they flew off and i Ooh. was completely unharmed so i learned that if you we can just stay calm around the bees and leave them alone they will leave us alone yeah of course but i actually you know just keep my distance from from bees so that way i don't get harmed as and as a way to respect them that sounds like a great plan I'm not sure if you answered this, but are this, but are there other abilities that bees have that we may not be aware of? You know, for me, bees are amazing, and I know you um, you have your own spiritual stuff going on. So, you know, if I can touch on that, I think bees are very sacred, and there's. Um, so, you know, again, looking at the spectrum, we can go to commercial bees, which they have 3,000 hives, they truck them around the country for pollination. They're kind of used like, you know, well, they are livestock, so they perform a purpose and they they work really hard right through to the other end of the spectrum where for thousands of years there's been a, a deep spiritual connection and a sacredness around the bees the bees are even mentioned in the quran you know they've been treated as very sacred for a long time and you know when we look at it the bees the the hexagon that they make um if you connect loops to all of that it's a six-sided figure so they're actually working with the flower of life so that you know they're working with sacred geometry every day they 
are literally making love to the plants and creating life. You know, they're really important to the connection to the web of life is that they're what is considered in scientific terms a keystone species. So you mentioned it before, if we take bees out of the picture, the whole web of life would start to collapse. So they're really, really important as far as that goes. Also, there's in... Europe, there's a, a name for their medicine called apitherapy and the World Health Organization has now recognized apitherapy as a traditional medicine. And so what they're finding, I, like I mentioned the, the venom therapy before, but they're also, um, they have setups where you can breathe in the air. So they have a cone on the top of a hive and a, and a pipe coming out and you can put apparatus on and you can breathe in the air from the hive. And um, that actually helps with asthma and tuberculosis. So there's real scientific research going into this now. Um, there are things called bee beds where you lie on on the top of hives, again, you're safe from the bees, but the vibration is helping to um, heal pain in the back and that sort of thing. Um, there's been articles recently here in Australia as well. They've been testing propolis. So propolis is a special bee glue that the bees gather sap and resin from trees and they turn it into this bee glue but the bees also use it as their own medicine in the hive so it it's antibacterial antifungal and antiviral and they're now doing research here in australia to find out what the best propolis is what plants they come from because it's really really good for our immune system it's amazing you know, going back to the um, health properties of the bees, something that I think is pretty magical is I actually have a beehive at a childcare centre. You know, it was there so the kids could learn about pollination and the process and honey and all of that. But the added bonus that we didn't know about was the behavioural modification that came out of that. What happened was there are children at the childcare centre, especially new ones if they're upset and uh, having emotional issues issues they would go and take them and the bees are in front of a window so they would go and sit near the bees and the kids would calm down um, the speech therapist also if a child was having struggle struggling to get their words out they would go and sit near the bees and suddenly the children could find their words and if the teachers themselves needed some time out they would go and sit with the bees so there was this calming effect that just seemed to come from the bees being present and the just watching them it almost becomes like a meditation they now have bee programs for veterans that are suffering from PTSD and so they're finding that a lot of um, people with PTSD are benefiting from being a beekeeper so I've often wondered whether anyone with a disability um, you know whether it would have some beneficial and emotional health benefits for um to do beekeeping and you know some people might think this is pretty out there but i believe they're telepathic and i want to share a personal experience of myself it was in 2018 and i had a hive it was a swarm i collected fairly late in the season and it was very big i thought they had made enough honey to get through winter but it was about july sometime um three times i woke up 
and I I was dreaming about this one particular hive and like after the third visit after the third night of me dream it's like why am I dreaming about this one particular hive so after the third time I thought maybe there's a reason why I'm dreaming about this one particular hive so luckily there was a warm a warm enough day so I went out to the hive I lifted the hive a little bit and it was very light so they'd obviously eaten all of their food so I opened up the hive and sure enough they had no food left whatsoever and so it was like they were reaching out to me in my dreams and if I had not checked that hive they probably would have starved to death so I was able to feed them and give them some food to get through the winter so for me that was an amazing experience to um you know for the bees to reach out to me in my dreams and actually experience that connection that sounds like a very elaborate story not everyone realizes how amazing and special the bees are so i hope it can share that you know there's much more to bees than i think we realize i can definitely see your point in fact i have a lot of respect for bees they're amazing. In fact, I would never, ever dream of them being out of the picture. I actually um, love all animals, including insects, but the only species that I do not love is spiders, particularly the large hairy ones. Spiders are very important for pests and diseases. So within the web of life, you know, we need predators. I Mine used to be cockroaches, and then I found out um, bees and cockroaches get on very well together and cockroaches are like the they're like worms so they decompose stuff and they break stuff down so they're part of our recycling system spiders like snakes they're the predators you know they feed on the pests and the rodents and the flies and stuff like that so they help to keep stuff in balance they're really important i'd just rather not be around spiders to me eyes and legs they can be outside and not in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's where they belong. What can we do to protect the Earth's bees? One would be if you're thinking of becoming a beekeeper, then, you know, really think about your responsibility and your commitment and do your research. So things that other people can do is, you know, plant flowering plants. And I think the push, especially if you want to look after our native Australian bees, is to plant Australian natives. Um, providing water is another thing that you can do and water that is insect friendly. So put some rocks in it or something so that there's different levels because um, although bees are very smart when they get around water, they can they appear a bit dumb because they can drown so um, you need to give them levels so that they can stand on and drink the water safely not using um, insecticides and pesticides in your garden and if you do need to spray a plant like even a weed aside um, do it when it's not flowering so mm. providing plants, putting out water and not using um, pesticides or herbicides. They would be my three main things to help our pollinators. Well, that's certainly a lot to think about and a lot to, to consider. The world really has a lot to learn about biodiversity, not just with insects, but also with animals. And I think living in harmony with nature is important, you know, not fighting against yeah, it. Yeah, of course. We have to live in harmony and and peace yeah we also also need to remember and consider the circle of life and why that's important too which reminds me i do have at least 
one more question. Um, what do you recommend doing if you have if you find a beehive in your house or yard? Yeah, fantastic question. Yeah, this is a this can be really scary for people. So um, if you are seeing a swarm happening, let's start with a swarming. If you're seeing a swarm happening, it can sound really tremendous. It almost sounds like an aeroplane. There's a whole lot of buzzing in the air. The main thing is to not panic. As I said, it's important to stay calm around the bees. And when the bees are swarming, they are literally just looking for a new home and they don't have any babies to defend. So they're usually quite calm and peaceful when they're they're not going to attack you so again move slowly stay out of their way often they will settle on a tree or a fence and they'll clump together and sometimes while they're hanging there um, that's the opportunity then for those bees to be collected so there is Probably the easiest thing for me to give you is there's actually a worldwide website that anyone around the world can go to and it's called swarmpatrol.com. I'll say that again, swarmpatrol.com. And on that website, you can register if you've seen a swarm. So you would, if you can take a photo, even better because, you know, if it's high up in a tree or it's under something, it gives the beekeeper reference as to what they're going to need to tackle. And what will happen is whatever beekeepers in your area are registered with Swarm Patrol, um, they will get a text message. So it's all around the world, but it will target the local beekeepers in your local area where you have reported your swarm. And so then someone can come and pick it up. But sometimes they might get into a compost bin or into a chimney or in a bungalow wall like I did, yeah. and they set up home. So they start building home and they start making babies and collecting honey and that sort of thing. Once they've established themselves, they become a nest. And to get them out, you literally have to cut them out. So it's called a cutout. And there are... Um, expertise around so often that costs more money but you can save the hive and it's usually about the same cost as getting instead of going to a pest controller that's just going to kill them you can pay for a beekeeper to come out and they'll cut the honeycomb out and they'll put the honeycomb with the babies into a hive and they'll take away all the bees and they can save the whole colony and give them a new home but it does take expertise to do yeah. that in fact, beekeepers could be the key to to the end of pest control businesses. Well, there are wasps and other pests around. Yeah. So, um, but yes, I think I think it's more important to look up up a beekeeper first. Or, as I said, you can go to swarmpatrol.com yeah. and just um, identify whether it's a swarm or a cutout that you have yeah, there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because a swarm can be collected very quickly and easily. A cutout can sometimes take several hours. Yeah. It does take a level of expertise in that department to, to remove bees humanely. It's, that's a lot of interesting information, more than I can even count. <laughs> I hope I, I haven't overwhelmed you. Is your head exploding? Nah, it's not. Good. <laughs> and I also wanted to tell you this. Last night, I received a little bit of intel from Miriana that a state in the US, Minnesota, is paying homeowners to replace their lawns with bee-friendly wildflowers, clovers, and native grasses. Wow. 
I love that. And kind of connected to that, um, I've heard that there are bus stops now as well in a European country that have flowers on the top of that. Yeah, that would be lovely. Mm. That's also a, a significant contribution. Absolutely. Yeah. If if we all do our little bit, it, it will make a huge difference. And look, and I guess one other thing to help um, the bees is if you know of a local beekeeper, support them. Buy their honey and, and, and help them to keep, you know, doing their job. Yeah. Of course. I, I prefer organic honey to store-bought honey. It tastes different, doesn't it? Yeah. Sorry, I'm very passionate, so yes, it, I can it tell. all comes tumbling out of my mouth. I know. <laughs> in fact, um, I also wanted to tell you that animals and nature are two of my biggest passions, and I consider both to be the definition of purity. I would agree with you. Yeah. We have a lot of waking up to do, if you ask me. And, you know, I've, I've heard it said that Mother Nature doesn't need humans, but us humans, we need Mother Nature. And so, oh, yes. you know, we need, we do, we, we have a duty of care to be the caretakers of our planet, and, and that includes plants and animals. But why are we fulfilling these duties of care? Well, I think some of us are. I, I, I reckon I'm doing my bit, and, you know, as I said, by you having this podcast and having these type of conversations, you're also doing your bit. So, of course, yeah, I would do anything to preserve the planet. Well, for Mother Nature's sake, absolutely, and for our own sake, we we need clean exactly. air to breathe, we need clean water to drink, we need you know food and yeah, comfort, and true. yeah, Mother Nature provides. Yeah, of course. I've come to the end of my questions, which means we can now move on to the segment of Ask Mr. A Plus, where you can get the chance to ask me questions. Anything that's on your mind? Well, Mr. A Plus, you did mention before that you'd like to experience being with bees. I actually remember saying that farm life is sounds like a dream. Well, I was wondering... Would you be interested in actually experiencing what it would be like to open up a hive and be with the bees for a little bit? I'm open to it, but I have no experience in beekeeping. Well, I was thinking if you ever come down to Melbourne again, maybe Miriana and yourself, you could hang out with me for one afternoon and we could open up a beehive together because I've got some spare bee suits and you could experience experience what it's like to actually be with the bees. That would be amazing. Mm, I can tell by the look on your face. Because <laughs> the next time I do come to Melbourne, I will be planning to see Miriana again. Excellent. Well, you know, let me know and we can arrange for you to actually, if you're interested, and also would you like to taste lots of different honeys? I'd be honoured. Awesome. So I could pull out some of my rarer honeys and interesting honeys and um, and we could also open up a hive together and have a look at the bees up close up and personal. Well, Carmel, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. This has been a very interesting episode. You've certainly taught me a lot and I hope my audience will learn something as well from all this. Oh, look, thanks, Michael. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for letting me share about the bees. Um, there is a lot of information, right. and uh, I hope I haven't exploded the top of your head open. <laughs> nah. um, but, yeah, I do. I love talking about the bees. They get me really excited. And yeah. um, I know. 
and you know and i love sharing about the importance of nature and and the importance of us being connected to that so thank you for having me today it's been a real pleasure my absolute pleasure, Carmel. In fact, I can relate to you in that sense because whenever whenever I talk about railways, animals, nature, acting and celebrities and animation and television, I just go on about it passionately, my, those things passionately myself because those are things I live for. Yeah, yeah. They're energizing, aren't they? When you find oh, your yes. passion, it energizes you. Yeah. Of course. We all need to stick to what we love because they bring us joy. Absolutely. Absolutely.